Welcome to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. Michael Rowe. And we are recording this, a very, very exciting new episode on Thursday, April 18th, 2019. Um, so, I mean, the reason why we're so excited is because clearly nothing in the sports world happened. So, I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about. This is going to be a very, very boring episode, to be honest. So, I don't know why I said it was exciting. Oh, wait, I forgot. We're going to talk Tiger. We're going to talk hockey. We're going to talk Tiger. We're going to talk football, too. We're going to talk Tiger. We're going to talk basketball. And we're going to talk more. I don't know if I mentioned we're going to talk about Tiger. So yeah, you're pretty excited about that. Yeah, uh, if, if you couldn't tell. Uh, but first, Michael, of course, will give you some scout scores. Yeah, so congrats to the boys track and field team as they were crowned champions of the Cougar Relays on Saturday. They will be running relays in Palatine on Saturday. There is also an invite at home on the schedule. And Warren beat the boys baseball 6-1 to on Tuesday. They play St. Vider tonight. And the boys lacrosse knocked off Glenbrook North 13-8 after a slow start on Friday. They play Mundelein at home tonight as well. The boys' volleyball recently played um, first in the Lake County invite. They played Lake Forest Academy in Warren as well this week and will play at Evanston on Monday. The girls' track and field had a meet Tuesday at Zion Benton and will, pl- and will take on Libertyville at their place next Tuesday. The girls' lacrosse played Libertyville last night. They will play um, Montini Catholic tonight. And girls' soccer played Mundelein Tuesday. They will be at LFA tonight. For girls, for girls and boys water polo, the girls went to Glenbrook South last night. We'll play a quad at Maine. Uh, yeah, we'll play a quad at Maine West on Saturday. The boys were at Libertyville Tuesday night, and we'll be at an invite at Glenbrook South. The boys tennis played New Trier last night. We'll be up against Prospect on Saturday, and girls softball play Libertyville Tuesday. We'll square off against Stevenson Monday, and we're getting towards the end here. Girls badminton went out to play Libertyville on Tuesday. They will play Oak Park tonight. Esports will be competing for a League of Legends state title in just nine days down in Chicago. Make sure to check out their Twitter, LFHSE, uh, to buy tickets and get more information. And lastly, Bass Fishing Team competed in their first tournament of the year on Saturday morning, so shout out to them. Yeah, lots of fun stuff going on um, in LFHS sports. So thanks, Michael. That was some scout scores. Um, as always, if you want more on the latest in LFHS sports, uh, check out the latest articles on theforescout.com such as the newest episode of The Dugout, of course. That's going to be a regular here. Uh, this week had Luke Klistik. Um Boys volleyball coverage with Carter Horan. He talked about the Lake County um, invite that they won. Uh, Bobby Reinbrenner had a Thursday 13 featuring Keen O'Connor that we did not mention that deserves to be mentioned, so make sure to check that out too. Um, and the, there's always more on theforescout.com. Um, if you didn't hear a sport you wanted to hear or we screwed up somehow, uh, make sure you just send in the scores and informative news to sportsscoutspodcast at gmail.com so Michael will give it a shout out. So uh, before, let's not wait any longer here. Let's move on to national sports. Um, and what we usually do here is show me what you got. And considering what happened um, since our last episode here, we decided probably would be best that we both have the same thing to just talk about right at the top of the show because it's going to be something that we're going to want to get out of our system as as quickly as possible because it's just too exciting. Oh, definitely. So um, it's pretty obvious what that is. But first, uh, check out this video real quick, and then um, we'll be back to talk about it. The legend of this day will only grow. Tiger Woods has done it. The return to glory. He has won his 15th major championship and his fifth Masters, conquering more than a golf course 
and a field of acolytes to do it. He has suffered great pain, humiliation, and doubt, and let none defeat nor define him. That's the true measure of this victory. Oh my goodness. He never quit. He could have easily exited stage left and built a new quiet life far from the spotlight he's occupied since he was a boy. He did not. And like he did so often when he and we were younger, he has won. We always knew Tiger would be remembered as the most dominant golfer of his era. But now he's something else too. Like Nicholas in 1986, or Ted Williams in his final at bat. He's the rare man whose triumph offers hope that we too might reclaim a fleeting son that is too often young once only. Maybe Earl Woods was right. Let the legend grow. You won't ever forget where you were today or who you were with as this moment grows in our imaginations and this image imprints on us forever. Okay, so on Sunday, um, it was a crazy Sunday and probably, I mean, at least in my opinion, I don't know what you think, but I think probably one of the greatest comeback stories of all time, um, you know, we just witnessed um, on Sunday and uh, Tiger Woods, after, you know, 11 years of not winning uh, a major championship, um, finally came back and not only won, um, you know, a championship, but uh, a major championship, but won uh, the Masters, which is probably, um, you know, the, the major that he um, most identifies with, at least with fans. And Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, I think just because just being like the being at the lowest of lows where he was just a couple of years ago, all the. I mean, I guess the injuries on the course, but of course all the problems he had off the course, which yeah. I mean, people, I mean, that's what kind of what he's, he's been known for these last couple of years, the, just the stuff not on the course more or less. But mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's just amazing how he has, I mean, you could easily just have walked off, um, be one of the greatest golfers of all time and just, right. I he mean, just hang up totally his, could have quit. hang it up and so easily, so easily just walk away. And I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have hurt him to walk away cause he's all the accolades he's collected along the way. Right. His, I mean, you know, in his career, but to come back the way he did, that just shows the exceptionalism, I guess, of Tiger Woods and just the the pursuit to be phenom- like to, to be the greatest, I guess, in in his sport. And I think I don't know how much I think you know. I wonder how much like more how many more he's gonna want to compete in after this. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, just, I mean, now being at the being at the top of his at top of the world of the golf world again. I mean, how much longer do you think that he can keep this kind of up? I guess to keep keep on wanting to play golf. I guess. Well, I think I mean we're gonna talk about that going forward here in the second half of this um, segment here. But I mean, as far as right now, it's just absurd the crazy degree that this comeback is. We all love a good comeback story. I think that. I think that as a country, we identify with redemption stories. I think that we we find that best out of um, mm-hmm. famous figures like Tiger Woods. I mean, Tiger Woods is, I think, on his own level as far as fame because he's, you know, solely transformed a sport. But this guy went from, um, you know, off course, obviously, and that just adds to the degree of just, you know, he... You know, we talked about great comeback stories last week with Virginia. Right. I mean, Virginia lost a game to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. Tiger Woods lost his life, basically. 
I mean, you know, all of that. And then, um, you know, just a couple years ago at the Champions Dinner at Augusta, you know, where he's, you know, Nick Faldo, he's talked about this all the time, where he basically hobbled in and was pretty confident that he was never going to play golf again and was just his goal was just to be able to have his back fixed enough where he could play golf with his kids <laughs> or maybe be able to take his daughter to soccer practice or play golf with his son or whatever. I mean, it's absolutely insane that not only he's even playing golf professionally, no no, um, no golfer who's ever there, – there hasn't been a single golfer who has – um, had the you know spine surgeries that he's had and come back. I think he, does he had four back surgeries? Yeah, right? four back surgeries. No, nobody, nobody has that. I don't. Yeah, that's, whatever, whatever they call like the spine fusion thing, whatever yeah, they call that. Yep. That surgery, anybody who's had that, from that, nobody recovers from it. And not only did he actually recover where he could, where he could even play and walk a course, but I mean he won something and it was a major and it was the masters it was it's just absolutely crazy uh-huh. and i think that you know as far as on a wider level i mean this is one of the great stories um you know and i think in american culture as far as just like you know i don't remember the last time that so much of our country was so excited about one thing right like that's that's super cool considering all the things that divide us lately i think that the, that this kind of shows what's so awesome about sports and sometimes sports do what um you know the government and other things sometimes fail to do which is you know a many things but one of those things um every once in a while is bring us together so i mean we had to thank tiger for that yeah so the I things mean, yeah, i guess he does for the sport of golf it's just it's just unprecedented right, and he transferred the sport of golf and that's the thing that the other thing that's impressive is the field he played against no, the the reason why this is so surreal, and it's it's literally, I mean, to, to me, it's literally unbelievable. Like ever since it happened, I've been checking, I've been checking every once in a while just to make sure I didn't dream <laughs> the entire thing. And you know, I'm pretty sure I don't remember who said this. Maybe it was like Skip Bayless or something. He's like afterwards, I tweeted it, and then I kind of tweeted it again, and I tweeted it a third time. He's <laughs> like, I kept I kept having to like re reconsider the thought in my head because it's just that it was just so that surreal, surreal yeah. to see him you know, wearing red on the 18th green, winning a green jacket. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And, you know, that that's what's so crazy about it. But then you look at the field and how many good golfers, you know, I don't think he even believed he could do this. Oh, and the guys that were and with him too. Like, they the just, guys that were with him, this, this is so different because he was never, I mean, in the first, there's, there's so much, there's so many cool differences and similarities, at least in my opinion, between old Tiger and the Tiger mm-hmm. we saw on Sunday. With the old Tiger... You know, the old Tiger was electrifying in that he was just so dominant and just, you know, destroyed everybody. And it was just basically him versus the game itself, you know, and that's that's cool. And, you know, that was electrifying. And the the downside to that was he was nobody's friend back then. I mean, you know, he was just um, destroying everybody. About to win, yeah. Right. And, you know, he was also um, – he, he kind of took – even though even though he was electrifying to watch, he kind of took the position as golf's bully. I mean, you know, he's trying to bowls everyone away just right. to get the, get the majors that he wanted. Yeah, right, absolutely. And he, and he and could easily do that. He confidently did that. He was, I mean, he was. Some considered him to be loud and obnoxious on the course. I mean, obviously, he's he was pretty vocal. And then, all of a sudden, we see the version of him now where, you know, basically, we're basically everybody's competing against him. You know, grew up watching him and never have have competed against him when he's good, and that's a whole different thing because, like, you know, they have they haven't experienced what a Tiger Roars feels like. Yeah, like that shot on the 16th, that tee shot 
Like when that thing landed on the green, I'm pretty sure that everybody else in his group, when they heard what <laughs> what happened, they were like, "Oh my god, I have never heard a cheer like yeah. this at, at any all, tournament ever. in my entire life." Like th- he it doesn't just, happen. In he the- transforms the sport, and that's what's so crazy. But you know, as far as his game too, he he's playing against those guys who, by the way, you know, when Tiger was so good, all of a sudden all these athletic guys were getting handed golf clubs by their parents, and so this generation of golfers who are now in the sport are a bunch of basically a bunch of Tiger Woodses. They're yeah. basically a bunch of athletic guys who you know can play some really powerful golf, and that's how he changed the game. He played against a bunch of younger versions, you know, of him. Obviously, not the exact same thing, but like still pretty close. And they he came idolized out on top. him his whole their whole lives too. And um, right. I think the the moment that was. I mean, greater than the golf itself was being with his son afterwards, being with that, his that dad was, in '97, yeah. Earl, and then being with his son um, in the exact same spot, basically. Yeah. On the that, eight, off the 18th green, that was that was just. I mean, it's it's just. I I, I really no words for that. Honestly, yeah, like no, it's really it's, no words. It's just yeah, great for sure. And yeah, so this version of Tiger, this is great for the game. This version of Tiger played this like very calculated, perfect golf. And it wasn't it's a it wasn't kind of tiger. overly crazy. There were some exciting shots. Some of the power was coming back. You saw it on a couple of tee shots mm-hmm. and it was kind of exciting. But like he 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 played this different game where, you know, first of all, he's never had to come behind to win a major. That's right. never happened before. Every single major he's won, he's been on top all the way through. He just dominates. That's the way he used to play. And now he played this different game where, you know, the big breaking point, of course, was, you know, when hasn't this been the breaking point at the Masters? It was 12 when everybody hits in the water and he's the only one who makes it through. I mean, you know, that's just a different Tiger we've seen. But the thing that carries over, I think, is the part that I think people in general love about him the most, which is his his crazy focus that I don't think any oh, yeah. other athlete has. It's crazy how how he can lock lock, lock in, in just for and he showed day. absolutely no emotion until the end of that whole thing, which is absolutely crazy. Um, you know, and uh, that that was not that was definitely not true for me. Um, you know, I wrote a huge article on this. This was exciting, but as a young golfer, there was not I did not have um, dry eyes after after seeing that happen. Let's just say that. So it was a huge moment. But yeah, um, so I think we should probably move on to Tiger Woods um, coming up here because we brought we talked we brought we brought that up, and I think one of the cool things about Tiger um, is that you know he's a golfer, and the thing about golfing is your career is insanely long. We're not talking about NFL players. We're right. not even talking about you know we're not we're not talking about any sport here. This is golf where um, you can you can have a crazy long career. So all of a sudden he's come back. He's 43, which seems old considering how young he was. Right. How old was Jack Nick? Was he 40? He's in his upper 40s. I know Jack yeah, won he the was, Masters. When he won in 86. 80, 86. I think yeah, he was like when 48 he won in 86, or something He was there. like 48, and he's, 40, the, yeah. he's the oldest, um, and Tiger's the second oldest. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still, in the grand scheme of things, of people who are on the tour, he's still, I mean, there's a huge younger generation, but he's still pretty young, and he's still got some time on him where he could make things happen potentially. Yeah. And, you know, people are already calling it. I'm not entirely secure, but I think that if there's any year for him to do it, it's this year because yeah. he's got, um, you know, perfect year for golf considering that they moved the PGA up. That's that's especially exciting because my, my golf season usually ends with the British Open. I don't even watch the PGA, to be honest. It's too late. I don't even watch it. It's not that super exhilarating. It's not like the biggest tradition of all time. So to move that up and then all of a sudden, you know, your immediate thought after you won is like whoever has – the network rights to the U.S. Open has to be losing their minds. But then I realized, wait, the next major isn't basically like 
it was we we were within a month. We're like two days within a month now already. Wow! And so, I, I should know that. Yeah. So the PGA Championship is coming out in May, and you know it's at Beth Page Black where he's already won. He won in two thousand two. It was a U.S. Open that year, yeah. and you know there. You know, I read an article. You know, the course is already bracing for Tiger Mania because you know. Party's oh, starting yeah. now. It's going to be crazy. It's gonna be, yeah, it's just for the sport. But, I mean, like, like you said, it's, it's perfect for golf because they're it's perfect. They're going to stay engaged now because all of a sudden the next major is only you know is in it's less a than away. a month. That's crazy. So that's super exciting. Um, and then so he's got that, and then he's got the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And if you're in any way have ever followed Tiger, you should know what happened at Pebble Beach. I talked about in my article the greatest the greatest Tiger moments for me personally. But I think the greatest Tiger moments of all time, and I think that the only thing that what happened on Sunday falls short of, is his performance um, at Pebble Beach to win the U.S. Open, where it was totally Tiger versus golf. And he, he, I mean, I, I don't remember what his final score was, but he, he went record low. It was insane. Yeah. And, you know, that was a shocker to everybody who played the game. And so I think that that's, you know, his number one moment. They're coming back to Pebble Beach this year to play the U.S. Open again. So it's like... You know, here's another opportunity. So I think that you know he's got a pretty decent year. It's a pretty decent year set up for him. I mean, he he could make something happen, and I think you know, um, Stephen A. Smith went out and just said it. He's gonna he's gonna win every. He's gonna win his way back up to the top and um, past Jack Nicklaus. But I mean, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm willing to go so far out to make that statement. I'm not that bold. Um, but I mean, I do get the philosophy that, you know, he's won one. So now it's all, now the, you know, the, uh, hypothetical monkeys off his back and he could, he could yeah. go crazy now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, he, he won against a loaded field, which is just what's so crazy about yeah, this. Not even depending, I guess it was kind of right, but I guess not even depending how, how well he plays the rest of his career, honestly, like if he can go out, he, now he can go out with that, with that right, final well, getting I mean, back on the top we of the, talking about last the hill. Week. Like it's just, it's, yeah, like, like you said, it's just, it's just be able to go from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs than being with there with with his son and his daughter right it's just his there's, his there's no words the for that just walking yeah. with him the entire time that was great yeah that was and i mean the walk of a lifetime i guess just to imagine him because he never he never saw who his dad was like he's probably lived his entire life hearing this from other people of your dad is one of the greatest golfers of all time but he's never actually seen it and so to actually have that moment that he's actually wa- he, that he's watched on YouTube for years and years and years actually yeah. happened to him in real life, and the fact that, they, that his kids were even there, his family was even there. I mean, his da- his daughter lost a state championship in soccer the day before, and mm-hmm. he was trying to cheer him up and ask them to come out to Augusta <laughs> to watch him play. Just you know, but the, they could have totally not been there, and they were there, and then they had that moment, and that was unbelievable. And the summer's so, like the only yeah. thing he wanted this year was he like wrote down like one of his I think in, in school he said. So I want my dad to win just a, a tournament in golf, and then it just turns out it's the Masters. It, it turns out it's it's a major, and then it turns out it's it's probably the most iconic major in Tiger Woods' oh, career. Yeah. Um, you know, Tiger, most I think in my opinion, most ties to the Masters than everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, five green jackets now, so. Five green jackets, it's just, it's it's so surreal. It's, it's I, don't, I don't know. I think it's story of the year. It's, um, you know, it's one of the stories of a lifetime for me. I mean, I, I haven't thought about this too deeply, but I mean, I've said it over and over, so I guess I'm pretty secure on this at this point. 
I think it's probably number two greatest sports moment I've ever seen behind the Cubs winning the World Series. I think that I it's, agree. it's those two. That's I mean, it's good. just it's just unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, I, do you have anything else to add at this point? I think I think we basically covered it, but we covered just, it. We could keep I mean, talking about this all day. Yeah, that's what but. I was going to say. I mean, we could we could talk about this forever, but um yeah, I, I hope that does that for you guys. Um, you know, we're we're thankful that we got to witness uh such an amazing story. Um and so, um we're excited to see uh, what he's got in store for us next cuz all of a sudden, you know, he there the tiger effect is a real thing. Um and all of a sudden, golf becomes crazy exciting going forward. So we're looking forward to that PGA Championship. But, yeah, that's our special edition of Show Me What You Got, and let's move on to news. So um, later on, I'm going to talk to Mark Spunov about the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. I talked to him before on Let's It Down, and we'll show that to you guys later uh, when that time comes on the show, of course. Um, and we talked about um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and um, – Basically, I gave my opinion on this, but I'm looking for yours because it's such a big story. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, after winning a record-tying 62 wins, got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets on Tuesday night. So this was such a heartbreaker that even the Lightning sent out a tweet apologizing to their fans. So what are your thoughts on the development and on this development in regards to how it affects both the Bolts and the Cup race? Because yeah, this so is crazy. First, I'll just give you a, a historic perspective. I'm sure you have seen this already, but... Teams with the most wins in a single season, I guess they've not had success um, historically. Yeah. So I'll give some examples: 2001 Mariners, 116 wins, 46 losses, title. No, they lost to the Yankees in the in the ALCS mm-hmm. that year. Then the Patriots, of course, they were 16 and 0 in 2007. That's a lost to the New York Giants, of course. The the famous the famous catch um, mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, and then we have the 2015-16 Warriors, of course, the 73 win team to pass the the Chicago Bulls. On um, seventy-two win team, and of course they lost to the Cavs and blew that yeah. and blew that three-one lead. And I can't go without saying you're the ninety-five, ninety-six Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, I'm gonna say that the Red Wings are quite familiar with the curse that the Presidents Cup brings, um, or the Presidents Trophy brings when you win the most wins in a regular season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that title did not happen when it probably should have. So. Yeah. And I was blinking on the name Ty- David Tyree. That I was. I just couldn't think of the name for the Patriots game and the Giants, right. but. Of course, the phenomenal David Tyree, the helmet catch, but yeah, legendary. Yeah, then so then this year, to get back, I guess this year to 2018 Lightning. Of course, they had 62 wins to tie the Red Wings, but of course, a first round exit got swept. But it's just remarkable, Joey. I think you know history now is in is in their favor for the for the Blue Jack or for, yeah for the Blue Jackets from Columbus. Um, teams that have gone on to sweep a, a one seed have had success historically. I mean, um, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I so, mean, I mean, yeah. of course, the momentum, but I mean, I think it's just, I think this is actually um, gr- pretty good for the sport because it it's just amazing. It opens I mean, it up. This is this is what we were talking about with the division system, um, in both with me and Sean in the preview. I think we've talked about it before, but I mean, while it doesn't lead to the best second, third round, you know, second, you know, conference finals, Stanley Cup final matchups. The first round matchups in the Stanley Cup playoffs are now super exciting. So I mean, this is living up to yeah. it. And little did we know this was going to happen. Yeah. So I mean, th- I the mean, thing is, this with is the, crazy. With the other teams, like the Mariners, like I said, the, the Mariners, Patriots, Warriors, all those teams make made deep playoff runs in in their respective seasons. And which is more astonishing for this is, it was the first they got swept in the very first round. This wasn't like they were in the Stanley Cup Finals right. after winning the sixty two games to tie the tie the record for the most wins in a single season. This was the very first round. And that's what just makes it even more 
It's not yet to win the President's Cup. Of course, the curse that we all that, that is kind of that's kind well, of I mean, service. I guess the crazy part is Steve Eisman, who by the way um, ditched the, the Lightning before this happened. But um, you know, when he was playing for the Red Wings and he was on this team, I mean, he was the one who started the whole tradition of not touching the other trophies <laughs> before the Stanley Cup. Yeah, really. So uh, I mean, there's a reason, there's there's some history behind that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, of course I'm just gonna share here. Yeah. So the three other teams I'm talking about is the '95 Devils defeated the Red Wings, the '98 yep. Oilers defeated the Flames, and 1970 the the Bruins defeated the Blackhawks. So those are yeah. the three other teams that have gone on after sweeping a one seed to go on to win the Stanley Cup. So definitely history's history's in their favor. Of history's course. in their favor, and the I momentum mean, they they have now is, is we know the Presidents Cup curse, but I think that the thing that's so crazy about this is that they did not win one. Game one game after class. being up three I nothing mean, in the first game, it was just straight downhill. I love, I love John Cooper; he's a great coach. And I, I struggle to say this, but it's start over time. I'm starting to think more and more that he might need to go. I mean, there's nothing else. There's nowhere else that you put the blame. And I don't necessarily think he might go just because of this performance. But what he said about it was just the the, the defense. The um, yeah, basically the excuses he had were were just ridiculous. I mean, he basically said. You know, when you win this many games, then games don't start to matter afterwards, and then all of a sudden it's hard to get motivated again yeah. to play the playoffs. When they had the greatest motivation yeah. of all I time, don't, I don't get it. And yeah. they lost to the Capitals last year so dramatically. I mean, they they had so much fuel to that fire, and they didn't use it. And the other thing, I mean, you know, the other team wanted it more. All the all the all the excuses that were used were ridiculous, and that's what's starting to make me more and more think that he might need to go. I mean, that's. How this is the Lightning's year, and they totally blew. You have it to want it more completely. than what they showed. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a more colossal failure. I mean, you know, I could see them losing this series as Presidents Cup teams are doing, but not like, winning a game, not it's winning a, a game, story. getting swept. That's crazy. So yeah, crazy story. But yeah, okay, Joey. So now we're gonna move on to the NFL. Of course, the big story this week was Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks agreed to a four-year, one hundred forty million dollar contract, which includes seventy-five million dollars guaranteed, gosh, sixty-five million uh, signing bonus per Adam yeah. Schefter. Excuse me, becoming the NFL's highest-paid player. So, Joey, how does this look for, I guess, for the rest of the NFL and um, the Seahawks and Wilson himself? This is interesting. I think that from Seattle's perspective, it kind of makes somewhat sense, albeit that he is overpriced considering the type of quarterback that he is and the role that he's had on the team lately. But, I mean, I think that it's a little bit more justified once you realize that kind of Russell Wilson has been the the, only, the one consistent face of the Seahawks. So that kind of makes sense. From a Russell Wilson perspective, I mean, I guess somewhat, but, I mean, it's in considering the contract, I mean, obviously. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that um, considering – where that was headed and considering all the negotiations i was a little bit surprised to see this um but then again if you had asked me um not that long ago i would have been expecting that there would be this kind of lifetime deal with with a guy like russell wilson considering the way that he looks for the seahawks i think that um also uh based on i guess the Legion of Boom being, of course, the mass exit there on the defensive side. Earl Thomas, of course, Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. um, all all the players that were a part of that, um, the famous Super Bowl winning team, um, the Legion of Boom, um, and now they're all gone. Of yeah, course, they're, but they're, they're basically all gone. That's just, why Russell he's, Wilson's he's kind the of fixture, big. I guess, of that of the franchise, mm-hmm. and it's, that's just that's what makes it even more of a, of. I mean, I, I guess impressive for him, right? Even though, I mean, I think 
the Seahawks, of course, they, last year they were a team that were just going to run the ball 40 times a game, and that's not probably that's probably right. going to continue. But to have a leader like Russell Wilson, and I mean, the now that they paid him this much them. money, they might need to you know find Rethink, a way because he definitely find can a way to use him more. Yeah, yeah he can because sure. the player that he is, he can do a lot more than what they asked him for these last couple of years, but or just last year especially, um, as he's more of a mobile quarterback and. I just think, yeah, definitely they're going to need to keep on playing to his strengths. And I mm-hmm. think really the offense, it was boring, but, I mean, they did get the job done with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. That's true. Uh, but Wilson, when he did throw, he made the most out of his opportunities with racking up a lot of touchdowns last year. But he's probably going to want to, after giving him all this money, maybe just to rethink what their what their game plan is going to be with him. Yep. All right, last one for news. Um, despite, despite Anthony Davis's That's All Folks shirt, um, that he wore to end his 2018-19 NBA season, um, and some obvious waiting for the Celtics or Lakers or some other team to call to get them out to get him out of New Orleans. Um, David Griffin has entered the chat. <laughs> the new president of basketball operations uh, for the Pelicans, who previously saw over the Cavaliers uh, when they were making their finals runs under under LeBron, and they were and they won the 2016 uh, NBA title, had his introductory press conference um, to to start his career with the new with the new Orleans Pelicans um now and he boasted his very good relationship with Clutch Sports Group which is um the agency behind Anthony Davis um and indicated and indicated that uh Unibrown time with the Pelicans may not be over so Michael is there any substance to this claim or is Davis still on his way out of the door I think he's still out of the, out of the door I mean he's kind of by the, sh- the shirt he's shown that um that's all folks basically just kind of summed it up that he's, yeah his mind is in a different place and he doesn't want to be in in New Orleans anymore, and I think Griffin's just doing his diligence as he can't come out right and just say, "Oh, uh, Anthony Davis is going to get traded right, right when I right when I got right when I get here, and that's it. He's he's gone." But I mean, being in the situation that Davis has caused, I think you just can't with, with his teammates, of course, in the upper management. You just can't. I don't think that you can keep a. He's so talented, but you just can't keep a guy like that, as we've seen um, in other in other sports too. That I mean, this kind of the the tox. I guess of a situation like this it, it's not going to work well um, and just the manufactured dilemma he started around the trade deadline is just it, I think it's too much for the Pelicans to overcome yeah and I, I think agree. they just have to start fresh they still get a lot um, by training him away of course we saw with Antonio Brown that kind of a you can not a, di- stuff, a, yeah. a different situation I guess based on being being in the being in the NFL you really can't via trade get as much and just he kind of he, he kind of said I guess I don't know. Just there's more to it, I guess, off the field with like the social media aspect of it. Davis hasn't done any of that. It's just right. more been that he just wants to get traded. But David, or I think more Antonio was more of a locker room kind of kind of deal being with and management. But Davis, there's still definitely a locker room. People are upset with him in the locker room, but not as much as Brown. But right. this is still it's still something that you really can't overcome as a franchise. But it's definitely I if they can work something out. I mean. That'll be a huge win for the Pelicans, but I just don't see something like that happening. And I just still think, yeah, just to start fresh with this for Griffin, I think the best move for him is just to move on and then just start mm-hmm. start a new chapter, I guess, for this for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I just think real quick, for me, you know, ideologically, I, we've talked about this before. I'm not, I'm not a fan of when you know single individual players have. Um, the amount of power that, especially in the NBA, they currently yeah. do. But the fact is that, so, you know, in other words, I would hope that he would stay with the Pelicans, but the reality is just not that. I mean, the players have the amount of power that they do. And, you know, there, there was an article on The Onion that's, that, that was titled, I think, 
like Adam Silver sends out um, you know memo to all to all the players basically saying just go wherever you want to go <laughs> and like you know that's hilarious but I mean there's some serious substance to that so I mean yeah. while I would want him to stay with the Pelicans it's pretty obvious that that will not happen and he's just gonna go where he wants to go yeah so yeah I think we've seen I mean, this with all sports too just right really I mean that it's people it's are an choosing increase. now where they want to go it's an increase in um, you know player independence which is I think is really good I think there's been kind of an overstep. And I, I'm hoping it works its way back, especially yeah. in the NBA, because at this point it's just like I need my touches and I can't listen to my coach, yeah. which drives me crazy. And then there's LeBron, you know, obviously who can't be coached, which is a problem. But, like, you know, that's just the reality of what it is right now. So given those circumstances, I don't think, I, you know, I think Anthony Davis is, yeah. you know. And, of course, he hasn't come out. Pretty, and pretty much gone. He hasn't come out and just torched the franchise like that uh, Antonio Brown has, has done right. with the so Steelers. There's, but, there is that. But there's still – it's still definitely – I remember being just thinking be back of the deadline. That's what you had to do. Yeah, but, I mean. to get out. But I guess, but going back to the deadline, I mean, you just, you just could see that the the team just fell flat on their face after that. And I don't know. I just feel like, I really, really hasn't been much. I guess they actually done a pretty good job of keeping all this in house. But there definitely there there has to be disappointment of from from the players and just towards Davis and especially wearing that T-shirt. Like, come on, you got this. Just don't do that. I right. Think. It, it's at it's this just, point, it's he's done. I think so, yeah, that yeah. just sealed it. Put the put the bow on it. I think yeah, he's definitely. I would be wouldn't be surprised if right after the playoffs over that some deal gets made. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the end of our news, and we're gonna move into as I previously mentioned our let's sit down segment, um, talking hockey with uh, Mark Smirnov. Um, it was just me and him um, earlier this week, um, and just before we get into it, I think I'm just gonna mention this um, results from last night. Um, basically, the Bruins uh, won six to four um, to tie their series. Um, with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Stars beat the Predators five to one to tie their series as well, and uh, the Avalanche beat the Flames in overtime. So now Colorado's leading three one to potentially pull off that upset. So that's exciting. So those are your three games today, just so that you have an update going into this. This was recorded earlier. So here's let's sit down. Welcome to Let's Sit Down. Um, I'm sitting here with a longtime friend and guest of the show. He's back on again, um, as promised, uh, to talk Stanley Cup playoffs. Mark Smirnov, welcome on, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So um, we're going to talk Stanley Cup playoffs, but before we get into that real quick, uh, we both uh, came together to write an article on theforescout.com that we thought we should just mention. Um, in case you're one of the only people who hasn't seen it, um, the Star Wars Episode Nine uh, teaser, the first teaser, just came out um, over the uh, last weekend here, um, and it's got some people pretty excited, um, and um, at least I think has moved us pretty far considering how upset we were with the Last Jedi. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, just a two-minute teaser that did a lot. So definitely take a look at that, and then uh, take a look at our article here. We got um, a scene-by-scene breakdown. 
uh, which this guy over here did. And then um, at the end, I have a reaction. And yeah, so it was fun writing. So yeah, thanks no, for doing that. No problem. It was really cool uh, uh, showing or writing about what I knew about everything and about the series. And uh, I'm excited for the movie. Like anybody who. Um, Anybody who sees this trailer, I think, would be would have some level of excitement or anticipation for the movie. So I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah that's pretty true. Okay, so let's move into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are, have started last week, and um, I think really have lived up to some serious excitement considering some of the um, first round results so far. So um, before we get into the matchups here, uh, let's talk about something significant, which um, in um, the preview article I did with Shaw. Uh, we talked a lot about the uh, about the Stanley Cup playoffs format now, and how they've switched from a simple one through eight um, conference. You know, you're in versus um, going by divisions and wild card, um, which is a change that they've made uh, decently recently, and people have had divided opinions on it. So, what what are you thinking about it right now? Yeah, considering right, right. Um, so okay, so the format. Um it's, it's, I mean, it's probably the only major league that doesn't like this. Probably other than like, um, well, I mean, I, I, mean, th- I think more and more, more and more professional, right? Sports leagues are moving towards this. Yeah, and yeah. I know the MLB does, you know, stuff with divisions and wild card games and stuff, and, um, um, but like, I feel like the NBA has like kept the constant, you know, conference, you know, one through right. eight from each conference um type of type of thing um but it's it's like i don't know it in my opinion um like we could we could actually take chicago as an example chicago had a good run at the end of the season um and Mm -hmm. they just didn't make it because of the wild card format and like um you know it it makes it super competitive in the first round yeah um which you know, we've seen which we've seen you know the first round is pretty much in the middle right now of um play right now in the playoffs um but the types of matchups that i think we've seen since like i don't know probably 2014 2015 mm-hmm. um, yeah, since then. um have been you know significantly different than the type of you know um the type of like you know chicago nashville types of matchups and you know um the western conference final or it's it's just really completely different and it just kind of it's in my opinion it screws up the second and third rounds i and agree the second and third rounds is what you know true hockey fans really want to see that's yeah, where I, I think that's that, where the I action that is. keeps you in the playoffs if you're if you're not Exactly. If you're not going to be engaged in the second and third rounds, then you might not carry over to the end. Right. It's like the first round is just a lot of games on a lot of channels on TV. And the, you know, especially the conference finals, that's where, you know, the cup is near. Right. You're getting closer. Eventually teams, individual teams start to matter way, way more. I mean, it's like, I guess it's like the first weekend of March Madness as far as like March Madness, the first weekend (laughs) is one of the best periods in sports just simply because there's so much to watch mm-hmm. um, and there's so much that could happen. And so much to keep track of. But it's right. It's not 
it's not necessarily about the teams until pretty far into the tournament. It's, you know, a smaller version of the same case here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it gets you, I, I think, well, it gets you engaged with some really fun matchups and some really exciting results so far. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it sets up for uh, matchups that couldn't but won't happen, that could but won't happen um, in the conference finals in uh, the second round. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's kind of, I think it's changing um, the way that the playoffs play out in a negative way. Yeah, right? and yeah. it changes the overall play of the season. Divisions are so much more competitive. It play, it just places, in my opinion, an unnecessary emphasis on divisions, especially. Yeah. And for hockey, that's, you know, that's intense, and it's kind of an attempt. And, you know, the NHL is constantly trying to really emphasize and really make games into rivalries right and sometimes you don't need that you know rivalries just kind of rivalries should happen rivalries they should be spontaneous i mean at least in my opinion exactly and um it just it you know the whole thing with the divisions is cool especially how you know like a few i think like two seasons ago they used it to really um um, create the framework around the all-star game right so that was cool that that um, was cool and that that you know the all-star game format at least across pro sports has not been that engaging and so that was something completely new absolutely. that added something to watch so for that sure. so that for sure had a benefit right um but in terms of creating competition during the season with the standings it's it's a little bit too much in yeah my opinion. i agree i think that the the divisions there's been so many uh, alignment changes in the league uh, for such, you know, a long period of time that, you know, consistent divisions um, that lead to rivalries haven't really been happening yet. So to jump right into a division system, it kind of creates some issues with that. So, yes. you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of new rivalries that you have to build, which, you know, if you do it forcibly, it's probably not going to work as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the amount of games that you play each team, you know, yeah. you play each division team like four times, I think. Right. And the Hawks play the Red Wings or right. Eastern Conference teams twice. Right. It's just, and it, it has I a mean, weird effect talking on about the that, season. That alignment, that's that's crazy. I yeah. mean, you have, you have five, you know, five original six teams in the Eastern Conference, and then the one that gets left out is, you know, left with all, with all the hard teams, but none of really the fun teams because, I mean, we're going to go through the Eastern Conference first, and these are all very, very um, fun teams to watch and fun teams to play. Yeah. And then the Western Conference has a bunch of contenders. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, as far as just historic matchups, it's probably not not up there with the Eastern Conference. So, yeah. So yeah. my overall opinion is that it does have its benefits, and it's actually interesting to keep track of during the season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a lot to look at in terms of just a spreadsheet of all the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but – it does have a negative effect on playing and competition during the season, and it has kind of a negative chain reaction during the playoffs. Yeah, for so sure. That's what. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna move into each matchup here. Uh, the big one we have to start with, considering everything, um, is um, the top team in the league, and um, the team that they played in the first round. I'm of course talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Columbus Blue Jackets, in which uh, the Blue Jackets won in a sweep um, last night, um, and they will be playing the winners of a loaded um, Bruins-Leafs matchup 
um, in the second round. But, I mean, you know, this is obviously um, a shocking result of it after a team that clinched the President's Cup, um, you know, extremely early and won a crazy amount of games in the regular season and um, now fell apart in the first round. So what are your thoughts coming out of this crazy series? Yeah, um, I mean, um, oh boy, I, it's... It, I think it would shock anyone in the hockey world. It should shock. It should shock a lot of people in the sports world. Right. I mean, but you know, um, Tampa tied the record for the most wins in a regular season. Right. For and sure. You're just not. No one. No one's expecting that, and it's just one of those giant upsets that we see from time to time in sports. Yeah. Um, but you know, they did get swept by a wild card team in the first round. Um, and um, honestly, what happened with Tampa, um, no one really understands right now. Um, but the reason everyone is shocked is because of this record that they set going into the playoffs. And um, they, they, they have always had a strong core. And that core was, you know, you know, People like Steve Eisenman are really responsible for that core. Right. They, and he he built it. Yeah. He Absolutely. built he built that core. And this year, especially, and in the offseason last year, they they built around that core like no team has since probably the twenty thirteen Blackhawks. Yeah, for sure. You know? And when a team has a core like that and it has bottom two lines and, you know, bottom two D pairs like that. It's just it's a super team, and you are just not expecting a first round sweep. Right. So there, there will be change, unfortunately for Tampa. Yeah, there will. I mean, I, I, it's it's a crazy thing to think about, but I mean, we mentioned Steve Eiserman, of course, but this more than anything else reminds me of um, the teams that he played for. There were a lot of there were a lot of uh, Red Wings teams that won Stanley Cups um, during his career. Um, and, you know, around that era um, where the Red Wings were so good, but there were so many teams that um, underperformed after winning the President's Cup, and it seemed like a thing that um, tended to happen a lot. So, I mean, I was I was somewhat um, concerned that that might just happen. Um, I don't know. Because Did they touch the President's Cup? <laughs> well, like. I mean, no, they, they, they didn't. You know, that, it's, that's a, that's that's a tradition. Curse, that's, right? a, that's a tradition that Steve Eisenman started, and you know they 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 really had a tough time w- coming out in the playoffs successfully after you know winning the president's cup so i mean it's yeah. it's something that isn't unheard of but considering just how good this team was and how dominant this team was um it's definitely something crazy to cons- to look at and see you know the blue jackets going into the second round yeah, and, yeah and in terms of change like i'd go right to the coach mm-hmm. john cooper he's been there forever um, yeah. And built his way from the bottom as yeah. far as yeah. being He's a coach every single coach. league. Yeah, phenomenal completely. coach. Um, but you know, when you talk about a first round sweep like this, especially with this kind of team, you're thinking about the locker room mindset, and you have to place responsibility on the coach for that. Yeah. So if they're looking for change, they go to John Cooper. Um, well, yeah. they get rid of John Cooper. Um, but you know, that's the that's the one change that I would see because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see a management issue here. I don't either. 
I, management I did everything in their power. Go, and that's kind of crazy to say considering how this good is, of a coach he is. Yeah, this is literally the goal for management is to get to that point, that right. president's trophy, that record-setting position right. to put a team like this into. Um, Coaches and then, just got to win a cup. And that's it. Yeah, and coaching management has the responsibility from there to take that team to the goal that management has set for them. Right. Um, and if they don't, if they don't have any success in that whatsoever, they're going to face consequences. So. Yep. yep. Okay, let's move on to the next to the next one that completed here. Um, another another fun result. The Islanders swept the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so I mean, uh, they're going to play the winner of the uh, um, Capitals Hurricanes matchup, um, and uh, it was a it was something that I considered, um, and I took the series to seven games in the preview, but I never really. Um, went out and picked them, and re- never really went out and picked them. But I said I was rooting for them, so this is a fun result. Um, just real quick, what do you think of this one? Uh, so yeah, I I didn't think it'd be a sweep because I think the Penguins would have something in them. Yeah, uh, but I did pick I, the Islanders, I didn't think that either. and yeah. I'm happy because I don't necessarily I'm not that much of a fan of the Penguins. Um, the Penguins are kind of the Hawks of the East. Okay, let's just kind yeah. of admit it. I mean, as far as just widespread, yeah. Like, what the um, fans think, yeah, completely. There were a lot of similarities, fans, um, the number of cups they won <laughs> in mm-hmm. recent seasons. Um, and I picked the Islanders, you know, in my bracket or whatever, uh, because Barry Trotz is a god of a coach. Yeah, and he's I, the main factor, in my opinion. I had a feeling, series. yeah, for sure. I, and, I, and I had a feeling that he would craft a team and he would take a team to um, – beat the Penguins, um, you know, especially a team like the Penguins. And they knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Um, and Barry Trotz coached the Stanley Cup winning team of last year, the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if anyone is responsible for this sweep, it's Barry Trotz. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, Yep. Okay, so those are the first two um, results that we have that are um, complete in the first round, two sweeps. Uh, meanwhile, everything else is pretty – um, pretty excitingly even here. There's only one um, series that could be um, clinched in the next game. Otherwise, it's pretty um, evened up. So we'll just go through the um, state of every series real quick. So we have um, we have Bruins-Leafs, um, in which Toronto's leaving, leading 2-1. Uh, their next game's going to be on Wednesday at 6. Uh, we got Caps-Canes, of course, as I mentioned. Uh, Washington leads 2-1. Uh, the next game's going to uh, be tomorrow on Thursday at 6 o'clock. In case you didn't pick this up, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, Flames, um, Avs, of course, Colorado leaves 2-1. Their next game's going to be tonight at 9. Um, Sharks, uh, Golden Knights here, they led. Uh, the Golden Knights are leading 3-1, to one, which is an interesting result. Next game's on Thursday at 9. Uh, Pred Stars, uh, the Predators lead 2-1. to one. Their next game is going to be tonight at 7. And then Jets-Blues, where the series is tied after an overtime win of uh, Winnipeg last night. And their next game is going to be tomorrow at 7.30. So just real quick, I think we should take a look at, um, you know, I guess three teams to look out for um, through these matchups that um, should be dangerous going forward. So, I mean, who are, who are you thinking as far as, um, as, far as important teams to look, to look forward to? Okay, um, so I think the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes are the Hurricanes, and like going in, <laughs> yep. like it, you know, obviously, um, the, um, you know, it's a tough matchup, um, but 
and and the Capitals were um, leading the Canes by yeah um, for sure by two games. Um, but I was going into these playoffs saying that if there's going to be one upset, it's going to be the Hurricanes versus the Capitals. Capitals coming off. I picked Stanley that Cup. one too. So Capitals, that's one of my big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Capitals coming off Stanley Cup syndrome, um, and the Hurricanes were just a really good team. Yeah. We've year. seen we've seen too many championship hangovers recently to be too confident sure. with the Capitals, and they haven't done anything super explosive this year. So yeah, yeah, and definitely look out for the Hurricanes and just the Hurricanes. Not necessarily even the team, just the culture that they created this year right. has been iconic. And they've made the playoffs for the first time in like yeah, I don't they've know, since, probably since they won the cup. Yeah, they partially. I mean, I think defined what 2018-19 NHL hockey has been. For so sure. yeah, so. they're definitely a team to look for. Mm-hmm. Anybody else on your list here? Uh, so I would, I I think the Flames will put it off, pull it off. Um, I agree. But I think that this is a big year for Calgary, and they got to take advantage of it. Yes, but I think the Calgary Colorado matchup is awesome. It's just a matchup of young talent, um, and you know Colorado really does have a, a really good power first line. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So that's why I just think the Flames will win from depth, um, but it's going to be I think. I think they'll pull it to the brink. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, um, one more team. What, who are you looking at right now? Um, I think the Blues will pull, pull it off. Yeah, okay, the Sharks and Knights is a good matchup. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised that um, Vegas is winning. I, I think the I am Sharks too. experience I am, would yeah. beat them. But, you know, all, all bets are off considering last year. Yeah, also considering that the Pacific was so, I don't know, it was not that great of a division this year yeah. outside of Calgary. So yeah, yeah, it's just the division emphasis. Yeah, I don't know. That's, um, that's why I don't know about it is because it didn't seem like any team wanted any other spot in the Pacific other than the spot that Calgary pretty easily secured at number one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, the Blues, as you mentioned, yeah, definitely um, probably be one of the biggest conversations considering how hot they are and, you know, how much people are believing in recency bias and that series is tied right now. For sure. Yeah. And, yeah, they had they had a tough season, and they, they basically were the Hawks that actually pulled off the end of the season. Um, and you know it's tough because the Jets have never gotten out of, gotten out of the first round, and they've yeah. made the playoffs, and it's been iconic. And, and I just think the they, Blues they faced another hot team in the Golden Knights last year, and yeah. that that's what um, eliminated them. And it's unfortunate because you know yeah. it's it, Winnipeg is a fun team to have in the playoffs, considering you know it's a small town. The Winnipeg Whiteout is a thing that is enjoyable to watch. It's mm-hmm. one of the coolest environments. It really is. Um, you know, so it's one. It's it's kind of like Islanders Pens, um, and we saw how that went. So I mean. I think that the Blues are win- will win, but I'm rooting pretty hard for Winnipeg here, and you I mean, know, we'll yeah. see what happens. The series is tied right now, so especially as, especially as the Hawks fans, right? Um, for sure. But you know, the Jets are winning games. It could happen, um, but I think the Blues will. Take yeah, it. I've been waiting for the year where the Blues really take off, and this this is probably it. So, yeah. Good. So that's basically everything here coming out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, definitely tune in. It's been some, you know, it's been there's been lots of exciting games so far. Um, you know, very, very competitive, as we said, in the first round here. So enjoy it while it lasts. You know, it's not often where you see such a dominant um, overall number one team get um, eliminated in the first round. Um, and it's not so often where you see um, the least liked team in America get eliminated in the first round by a small um, by a small town historic franchise that, um, you know, could be the Cinderella story of the NHL. Yeah, so Gary, this is exciting. Gary Bettman is yeah. elated. I'm super excited about that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, in case you didn't pick it up, I don't like Gary Bettman. That's that's a big thing. I don't but think, yeah, no. I don't think anybody does. So, yeah. <laughs> if you get it, then you won't. Yeah. So 
yeah so that's it mark thanks for being on the show this was awesome yeah uh, we'll, ha- we'll probably have you on in the future once things continue to move forward in this nhl season because um it's a good playoffs this year so. yeah no thanks for having me you guys have a great podcast and good job joe yeah good stuff thank you all right so that's it for let's sit down and we'll send it back over to the um next segment here just going to mention this real quick now that we're back uh welcome back everyone um that um i mentioned this a while ago but we're still encouraging anybody um, who has any local music to send in for the let's sit down um intros um to uh send in your music because you know we've been doing a lot of themes lately but i mean we'd prefer to uh be promoting um the awesome talent that we have around us so we're still encouraging that just um letting everybody know that that offer is still out there um Still the usual way to contact us, sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com. So let's move into They Don't Scout Like This. So we're going to have a really, really quick edition of They Don't Scout Like This, considering how long our um, opening segment was with Tiger. Um, But uh, the big thing um, that we're going to talk about um, here is the NFL schedule, which came out. Um, And, of course, it's always kind of a really, really hyped thing. Um every year so yeah let's get into it what so we're gonna go with our top three games here and michael do you want to start yeah, here with it. what we'll do yeah i'll take it here so we have green bay of course at, at chicago week one the, the season Very opener of the 100th season of the nfl there's night football on september 5th um i guess i'm just gonna go down the list over so th- these are our top three yeah together so then we have can't i guess i'll go to week two one first so we have new orleans at los angeles in week two sunday afternoon of, of september 15th and of course that's the the rematch, of course, from last year of that huge controversial call. Yeah, we're gonna not see not calling the PI in that game, and we're, we're gonna, gonna see the new the New Orleans Saints go down into Los Angeles yeah, this time, and we'll so see we'll see what happens. Different now venue, that but same teams. There. And yeah. then finally, the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna be at at New England week fourteen Sunday afternoon on December eighth. So that's an AFC that's another championship. AFC championship. Rematch, yep. Yeah, that's the rematch. Also, it's gonna be huge for. Um, you know, just the Chiefs, especially. Just, I think, yeah, for the Chiefs, especially, at, just setting up their spots for the playoffs. I think this is going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like no Gronk the, too the, in this game. Yeah, the, the Chiefs have been the Chiefs have been disappointing. Um, not not necessarily to their own fault, just because the Patriots are who they are, yeah. and so they're just desperately, I think, in my opinion, and you know, rightfully, I hope that they eventually get there. But they're they're just waiting for that chance to break through. I think through. this is definitely the year and for them. And so this year. Um, that matchup is going to be especially interesting. And then, um, yeah, so one other one that I want to mention, just looking into, um, you know, kind of the crucial weeks of the season. This year for the Thanksgiving um, games, uh, we got Bears-Lions this year. So there is that. That's There's a lot of prime. This, that's two kind Sunday of how the games. setup works out. Yeah, yeah they have, I believe, so it's two Sunday night games, two, I, believe, I know they have a Monday night, I think two Thursday nights even. Yeah. And they have the game in London. And then of course Thanksgiving, so, that, so that's it's a crazy year for the Bears. That, but it's their 100th season, so Akeem I mean, Hicks always says I, I want prime time, and he hey, he's got it this yeah, year. Yeah, so. definitely has it this year. So, um, but experts, I I've seen like they still really are kind of low on the Bears. They're calling them a borderline playoff team, which I don't really, really get. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. being of course we're I we're biased. This, I kind of love this team. But, yeah, I mean, we're biased, but like still, just look at the roster. There's there's no holes on on, on the team at all. I mean, just I'm biased toward my favorite look. team, but I'm also biased toward a team that plays like a college team when they're in the NFL, which yeah. is pretty cool. And they're played, I, they're I love very, the way that they yeah, play the game. Just the cohesiveness, I guess, between the players. 
It's yeah. just you, you just don't see that really in in any like we've seen like we just saw like like you just said with in the NBA of course guys just want to get their their max deal get get their right. whatever forty touches a game. But there's a there's an there's an unprecedented team presence on this team, yeah, which def- I just love. You just yeah, and I mean in this modern era of sports, you really it's just it's kind of gone by the wayside. I think it's yeah, and mm-hmm. the team the team play really has just kind of fallen off. But I mean the Bears, Bears are are an exception. Bears are one of those exceptions, yeah. So should we talk about, I guess... Yeah, we're going to talk about this real quick. Um, One of the things I noticed recently, just looking at, like, the Monday Night Football schedule Mm -hmm. and some of the Prime Night schedules, um, lots of questionable teams are being put on these in these primetime spots. Um, And one of the main ones, I do think that there's reason for this, though, is, of course, everybody's favorite Cleveland Browns. They're gonna be. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to the Browns. They're, they're gonna be. They're gonna be on. They're gonna be on prime time. They're gonna be put in four front. times. I so think. obviously, you know, they have Odell now. They have um, kind of an exciting year going in, and probably the most exciting year they've had in such a long time, as far as hype so goes. The playoff year, yeah, 2001 I mean, or two. This this has got to be it. Yeah. So I mean, do you think this is gonna be good or this or this is gonna be bad for ratings, considering oh, who the Browns are? I think it's gonna be great for ratings, just because, just because the Browns like all the attention they've. They've had these last couple of years. Of course, they've just been the, the. I mean, I guess the lovable. I guess take the Cubs kind of old slogan. I guess lovable losers of, of the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just think, I just think with the turnaround, Baker Baker Mayfield is just a very attractive figure for the sport. He's just brought so many people towards, to, gravitated towards the team, and just the the kind of way he, he walks. I mean, just the kind of cockiness. I guess. That he has, it's just. Yeah, it's, I think it's, sure. it's it's great for them. Honestly, it's, it's, I, I don't it's the perfect figure offense. that I think that the Browns need. Yeah. I think that you know they just kind of they, they could use some some a little bit of you know. And they have the personalities to do that with Jarvis Landry. They have leaders on that team too, which they have not had in a long time. Guys like Jarvis Landry, of course, and Baker Mayfield is definitely the top of that list too. He's he's the perfect guy for that team. Mm-hmm. And they could have they definitely hit a home run with that pick already. It, it worked it's out. still early, of That's course, sure. but he had a, even ended off the field. I think he's even more valuable than he is on the field, even though he's great on the field. But just just the way he he brings everyone together on that team, they want to be with him and they want to win, and that just mm-hmm. elevates everyone else's game. Yeah, which I is, mean, which is really it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a pretty special season for them. Yeah, for sure. I think this is this is very very interesting, and I feel weird saying that the Cleveland Browns, out of every franchise in sports, are gonna be good for tv ratings but i mean like after last like, look last year they got is, their first win on like a thursday night game right everyone, everyone get, after that game they were just everyone wanted to watch the browns play it seemed right like. all of a sudden and um i'm pretty sure didn't they have wasn't there this whole thing at all the cleveland bars they had like um refrigerators that they locked until they won the first yeah, game that, yeah there was that um and the police department was tweeting about that afterwards <laughs> which was hilarious but i do remember that um you know hey this is going to be in my opinion this is going to be um, good, but it's gonna be good in a make or break way. This has they they have to win excitingly in the first in the first primetime game they play. If they can just do that, then I think that they'll be fine having them on primetime. But yeah. if they fall apart, hype is there right now. So if, they yeah, gotta, the hype is there. If they can maintain it for at least a little bit, they don't even have to do that well by the end of the season. Just win that first game, get continue the hype through the season. And this will be a good ratings decision. So, I think that yeah. they are probably. I think they're the favorite to win the division because you have <laughs> the Steelers that have I just mean, been yeah. a nightmare. The Ravens they've lost a lot of key pieces on their defense, like CJ yeah. Mosley, and they were already just right in between playoff team and not playoff mm-hmm. team. So right now that they're and I still think Lamar Jackson's a huge question mark. I I'm not, I'm not sold on him personally. If he's super talented, yeah, amazing. Amazing legs. Kind of it's phenomenal what he can do with uh, the, the scramble, make plays. But the arm has been a huge problem. 
for him. The and the fumbles too, of course, with the with the snaps. I don't know what's been happening there. Um, and of course, um, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are are basically nothing. So that's probably a free two wins. For and sure. And I think I don't. I just think the Browns really they have a really solid defense just outside of the offense. Of course, they have the playmakers on offense. Odell, like we said, Jarvis. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt now, of course, after he's suspended for the first half of the year. He'll be he'll be on the team so they can use Tim and Chubb. And then on the defensive side, a guy like Denzel Ward, they have a corner. And I just think John Dorsey, their general manager, has, yeah. has put together a, a really really impressive bunch of players. Considering everything, so yeah. So I think uh, if they win 11, 12 games, I would not be surprised. That, I think they could be this year's, this year's Bears. It's crazy cool to think about. I mean, I've always, I've always hoped – that we could have one year. I just want it. I, I almost Bears Browns Super Bowl. <laughs> no, well, no, even better. Browns Lions Super Bowl. I want a Browns Lions Super Bowl. That, and and that I, too. I, I do not think that's going to happen considering the Lions this year. But right. I mean, and I don't think the NFL is even going to let that happen. But like, if that actually happened, um, you know, the, the NFL is probably going to think that TV ratings are going to hate it. But I think that that's just going to be so much fun that people that's going to be undeniable. I mean, yeah. it's it's the Cubs basically. Yeah, more or less. You know? Yeah, so that's super exciting. But we're going to move into our next segment, which I got my phone out, so it's obvious what we're doing. It's your scouting. Okay, so we're going to move right into our first call because we have a lot of exciting calls this week. Okay, so this is a pretty fiery hot take. They're right about I, that. I don't, <laughs> I don't he, understand he, it personally. I don't, I don't but, see him I mean, as a receiver hey. at all, to be honest. I, he really hasn't. He's not a mobile quarterback at all, so I don't really I know. Mean, it, he's a big guy, of course, and that could be the comparison. But I mean, I, don't know. I, I watched I watched them put 62 points at Michigan, and it was definitely he just not stood there in the Haskins pocket and just run. threw yeah. the ball. So, yeah. And, of course, he passed Drew Brees for the single-season uh, record for touchdowns. I mean, touchdown hey, in a I, season. I mean, so I, I don't – I don't know. Yeah, if, I don't get if, that. If the Bear Down Weekly guys are going to be saying that, then I guess they got they, they're seeing something that we're not. Yeah, there you I, go. I'm going to have to ask them about that, but I don't see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Next caller. Oh. <laughs> long-time caller, first-time listener. Yep. Our typical long-time caller, first-time <laughs> listener. Here he is. Oh, I switched it around this week. <laughs> this is a big one. Okay, so the second part of that question, obviously, we kind of answered that in the previous segment, so we don't have to we don't have to continue with that. As far as UConn women's basketball, I think UConn women's, women's basketball is um, decently strong, um, and you know has a dynasty together. And I think that the Chicago Dogs have to build their dynasty before they can consider beating them. But I mean, this is a this is obviously a hilarious story that I think we all saw and we were all looking forward to this call happening. So I mean, yeah. So Chicago Dogs. 
Um, just picked up Carlos Zambrano, who's trying to make a comeback here and trying to build his career back. So, I mean, that's super exciting. We're going to see, you know, a former Cub um, who we're familiar with pitching in Rosemont. So, so this is the look piece, forward to that. This is the piece for the Dogs Dynasty, the, the final yeah, piece. Yeah, this, so. this, this is what they need. So if they can, you know, hey, maybe if he stays, like, if he gets really good for one year, but he stays just bad enough where he won't get, where he won't be, you know, called guess, anywhere. Yeah, to get any like, calls. If he doesn't get any calls, but he's still like extremely good, like the top level of good you can be without getting any calls, maybe the Chicago Dogs can put a dynasty together. I don't know. Maybe. But, I mean, hey, that's hey, exciting. That'll be. I, I personally want want to go to a game to see when he pitches. Just I kind to, of want to go. Why I, not? I mean, just to see. Know. I mean, I'm, hopefully there's no other. Hopefully, um, which which Butch Hobson, of course, the manager, he's a very passionate guy, and then of right. course have Zambrano there too. Yeah. Those are two very Those fiery are two guys. Very passionate guys. So you're right. If something were to go wrong that. in that game, I, I'm actually kind of printing it does. Yeah. That some that some bad call gets made, and then some you see Hobson on the field, broken. and yeah. and Zambrano just taking a bat to the Gatorade. I think the Gatorade cooler. I I think that's definitely worth going to see a game there. For of course the dogs are great to see without the Big Z, but now with Big Z, I think it's you just got to go see him. It's super exciting. It's, I'm excited I mean, for Big Z, actually. I mean, considering, this year I mean, tickets are cheap. Why not? I mean, it's baseball. It's, it's not as far away. I mean, you know, we, we, we're fans of the Cubs. The downside of the Cubs, though, is that their 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 ticket prices are crazy. It's probably – I'm pretty sure it's the next to the Red Sox. It's the most expensive in, oh, it's, it's, I'm in sure Major it League Baseball. So, I mean, the, the why not go to, go to see some former Cubs play for the Chicago Dogs? So, that's why awesome. Why not? Right in Rosemont. Yeah. All right. One last call here. That is already. It's crazy how familiar we've become with these voices. All right, here you go. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I'd just like to file a complaint that you should that Jay DeCoster has been stealing tapes. Ooh. Um, oh, I, I will answer this one. Yeah, take it. That that Dwayne Haskins should switch to wide receiver, more of a running quarterback, which I somewhat agree with. Um, but Jay DeCoster, <laughs> I informed Jay of that tape, and he stole it and ran with it and reported to your show. So I'd like. <laughs> wow. Okay. To be yep. On the floor scout in the first place, or in general, especially <laughs> Bear Down, because podcast should not be on the floor scout, and he should not take any of his calls, and in fact should block his number, um, as he is just a very just lax integrity, and us big J journalists, um, and he should not be allowed to <laughs> use this platform to um, express his stolen takes. Thank you. Yep. So. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, personally, of course, we just answered Jay's, Jay and Shaw uh, with their calling, but I don't agree with either one of you for the Dwayne Haskins comparison f- to the being a wide receiver. Yeah. But if Jay stole the take, then I guess Peters go back. We answered your question, not and Jay's. Even Stephen A. Smith said it. And even if Stephen we know A. anything in this country is we listen to Stephen A. Smith when it comes to takes. Definitely hasn't fallen apart for him, yeah. especially on certain certain couple days ago if you guys aren't watching i just pointed to my tw pack yep. so, yeah yeah um, he was not but, a believer in tiger yeah it's kind of a visual podcast right now but yeah um so uh peter just to talk to you real quick just to address you um just to let you know um jay did leave the question for the show as you just heard but the the issue is it was on Shaw's phone, so therefore we can't block him without blocking Shaw, and we wouldn't want to block Shaw. So there's nothing we can do about that. But the other exciting thing is, um, it's I think it's just the perfect time to announce that Jada Coster will be our next guest Jay. on the show next week. <laughs> Excited so, to have Jay. He's always wanted to come on. So, so we're finally we've been we've been hyping this up for weeks. We're finally going to get to talk about NFL draft stuff. 
um, and he'll be on the show considering he's with the Bear Down Weekly. Um, it'll be a good time to talk about it. So um, look forward to that, and then um, hopefully we can get um, Carson and Peters on the show uh, to react soon after. So. Um, long yeah, time, we got, we got, long time callers, first time listeners will be on. So yeah, um, it'll be yeah, it'll be or uh, first time listeners, long time callers. Yeah, what, however, however they or whatever they said, yeah. whatever they say, they they generally go both ways. <laughs> but it it should be some exciting shows coming up. So yeah, that was your scouting. As always, leave your questions two two four five four four nine three three zero. Um, you know anybody can send you your questions. Glad to see um some new callers. Obviously making some serious impact considering Jay's call. But um yeah so. Make sure to send in your questions, and you'll be right on the show. So that's always exciting. So let's move on to just wait till next week. So uh, for me, other than Jay and the NFL draft, which is going to be exciting, I'm looking forward to see some more exciting results out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We didn't mention it, um, just us, but, I mean, Islanders swept the pens. So, I mean, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I wrote that it wasn't going to happen in the preview, and I picked the pens in seven. But, I mean, I was looking forward to see the Islanders win because they're the absolute amazingly awesome Cinderella team and also I just don't like Gary Bettman and I know that he probably doesn't like this result so he's probably fuming right now and I love it so there's that Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing that continue Um, and so hopefully we'll see something interesting out of the NBA playoffs and we'll get into more NBA playoffs uh, coverage soon Um, but of course as I mentioned biggest thing on the sports calendar coming up here PGA Championship Beth Page Black um, less than a month away Um, Tiger Mania is on its way uh, out to New York so I'm super excited for that uh, Michael, what's your? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, so up? of course you said with Jay next week, but the yeah. NFL draft, of course, starting next Thursday. So we'll be recording probably next Thursday in the morning. Yeah. So we we're gonna just un- we're gonna unwrap what's what some rumors that have been swirling around this this week, which is gonna happen this week, and then we're gonna break down our picks. We can do maybe like a little mock draft of maybe first five or first ten picks. What, yeah, for what sure. we kind of want to do, we can do a, a whole NFL draft section, I guess, next week and. Looking forward to that, and of course, Can't wait. Tiger Mania. I'm just excited for that. I'm just so excited, man. And it's, I don't know. I just, as a young golfer, it's it's just Tiger Woods. There's nothing mm-hmm. really else you have to say. He's just yeah. You just I can't mean, describe it. You got to just watch. Considering, I mean, you know, we we can't obviously look into it and speak speak for everything personally, but it seems like he's gotten himself back together. So the comeback really is really is a full and exciting one, and it's great to see superstars like that get humbled. And he yeah. was clearly humbled, and now he's. You know, now he's now he seems like top. a new, a, a new more, but, more personal yeah, yeah. tiger to watch. So and also super exciting. And also the Cubs probably talk about they're eight and nine now. Of course they, they swept the Marlins. Th- so yep, hey, three game win streak now. Yeah. Um, I guess the pitching has been really the starting pitching has been phenomenal since Lester has That's gone been down. What's so been holding them together lately? So, so cross our fingers that that continues. Yeah. And once we get Lester back, we can just keep keep the train rolling here in the bullpen. And mm-hmm. of course the Marlins aren't the caliber of team that we're going to be playing. Um. In in the future, I guess with the the teams are in division like the Cardinals or Milwaukee, but definitely it's it it's hey it, it's a baseball team. It doesn't matter who the who they're playing. It's still major league baseball game, even though the Marlins aren't too good. But yeah, it's it, the positive direction that we wanted to see, and just being a game under five hundred, the Diamondbacks this next series take two out of three there, and we're back over five hundred. They so. gotta yeah, just keep on moving and keep on improving. So yeah, that's all we got today. Congratulations for sticking through as always, listening to this whole thing. We appreciate it. Subscribe to Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public. Um, hopefully still waiting on even more, but you know we're already pretty uh, spread out, so that's awesome. Make sure to give us a positive review on there. Leave five stars for us. It really helps um, getting the show out there. Um, subscribe to watch on YouTube. Another video will be coming out. Another video version of this will be coming out. Um, where are we at this point when it comes to our goal? 
Um, we do have, um, and last time I checked, we have six subscribers, so that's way better than zero. We're on our way, but right, we are we're still, we're still nine. At this point, we are ninety-four million behind, so we're 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 almost we're, there. We're not we're not on pace, but we're we're almost there. We're gonna get we're getting, there. We're getting there. End of the year goal is still in place. Um, and of course, as always, read the Forest Scout. A lot of good articles. Um, of course, I wrote the Tiger article, as I mentioned, which I was super excited about. It wasn't something I was planning to do, but as soon as I saw it and I was, you know, crying in my basement watching this happen, I was like, I just have to make this happen because it's just too, too awesome of a sports story. There's that. There's Bear Down Weekly this week. Look forward to that. Connor Clark has a Cubs article that's kind of starting to become out of date at this point considering how well they're doing. Um, and then uh, Stephen Young has NBA playoffs first round preview. So get ready for another week of Sports Scouts next week. And in the meantime, we'll keep on scouting. Scouting.